Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Know-how. General states pricing. Sales price does not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hey, Carolina fans, this is John Roca. Once again, Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans where you can binge the new and highly touted original series Titans or jump into the beloved yet bizarre Doom Patrol with new episodes dropping weekly. Also, check out the thousands of comics just added, including more recent titles and complete storylines. Join at DCUniverse.com. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Today on Collider Movie Talk, Captain Marvel flies higher, further, and faster than any film before. Moving on, we got Ben Affleck, who thinks he might be coming back to direct a DCU film. And, of course, what do you got here? The Russo brothers and Tom Holland coming back together again to do a film. I'm joined by some amazing people. We're going to introduce them right after the logo. There it is. All right, welcome to today's Movie Talk. I am your host, John Roga, sitting in for the lovely Perry Nemiroff. She is off in South by Southwest watching a bunch of movies that we don't get to watch and rubbing our noses in it. I just, yep. uh, you know what, I really don't appreciate that. But I'm taking over the Movie Talk for today uh, to see how we do uh, today. And I want to let you all know this is going to be a fun conversation about all these movies and topics. And do me a favor, start sending us questions now. 
now for Collider Movie Talks. Put the hashtag there, and maybe I'll pick a few by the end of the show that we can answer. All right, let's introduce our guests first. To my right, the lovely and beautiful and incredibly intelligent Haley Fouch. How are you, Haley? Good. How are you? Good. I'm excited. I've got a lot of energy here. I don't know what's going on. Oh, Monday. yeah. Maybe because we're close to, you know, like going home. Riley, yeah. how are you? How's it going with I'm you, Mark? fine. Riley? I want whatever you're having right yeah. now. I need that energy. <laughs> I was like, you saw me. I, I got a split second of that opening. I was there like. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Oh, Cody, right. Cody thought you were hosting the show, and respect because you do host the show usually. I, I, so I've dabbled. You. I've dabbled in the hosting. <laughs> you know so, what? I've there it is. Well, we would be remiss not to start off with Captain Marvel. What an incredible Ooh. showing by this movie at the box office! Made 153 million dollars domestically overseas. It made another 302 million to bring its global total to 455 million dollars over a weekend. Lord God Almighty, that's incredible! It's the second highest global opening for a superhero film behind Avengers Infinity War and the highest ever for a female fronted film. That's saying something. This is uh, you look at this uh, uh, box office and you look at you know all the controversy ahead of time Haley. You look at what how the fans responded how people came out to support this movie how multiple generations came out to support this movie and you say what do you think this means? What do you think this says this box office? Well I think especially taken sort of in conjunction with what Black Panther did last year Mm-hmm. It says that people are interested in new stories, different stories. They're interested in seeing themselves on screen in ways they haven't before and seeing other people on screen the ways they haven't before. If you look at the biggest you know, opening weekends for Marvel, the list is like Avengers, Avengers, Civil War, all these sequels, giant, you know, massive combinations of superheroes. And then there's Black Panther and Captain Marvel. Right. And those two together point to me to say something very strongly when the rest is sort of exactly what you would expect. Yeah. The big team up films. Right. Well, you know, and there was, you know, I think what you come out of this with the reaction to uh, the people who are trying to, you know, review bomb it or bring it down. And that audience score, I think the Rotten Tomato score was like 32% audience meter. It mattered nothing. Yeah. It mattered nothing. That's really incredible, Riley. You know, you and I have talked about this off camera before. Oh, yeah. the, the fans going in, trying to do this stuff to try to undercut a film simply because someone has something to say about it. And you you recently held a, or did an episode, I think, on Riley Roundtable or one of the other uh, shows that you host where you talked about this idea of the fan trolling and everything like this. Yeah. And now you look at this box office, Riley, and you walk away from this. And do, do the studios now think that these people are actually a way smaller contingent than then they've made out been made out to be on social media. Uh, yeah, I, I I wonder how much thought they even put into it, to be mm. honest with you, because th- these numbers do show that there is a very vocal minority out there and they are a minority. Mm-hmm. And um, because I, I, I was speaking about this uh, recently, when you think of all the moviegoers out there, we represent as well, a very small bubble mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. In this movie space, we know inside baseball terms. We know about this. We know that it's the first led Marvel movie by a female. We know that there was this behind-the-scenes kerfuffle with Brie Larson. Nobody else does. <laughs> Not a lot of people do. I, I, I bring in my sister and my mother to this conversation who have – my mother doesn't, but my sister has a Twitter account – 
has no idea any of this is going on. Mm-hmm. She knows by seeing something on screen, on a, a, a movie theater screen and or a commercial at home goes, oh, a new Marvel movie. I'm going to go see that opening weekend because she's a giant nerd. Yeah. She loves it. We grew up together. Um, she's with a man that is a giant nerd. He wears all the shirts. He buys all the toys. Their kids are all in this thing, and they stay away from that stuff. They mm-hmm. don't go on social media other than maybe their Facebook pages to show off what their daughters and sons are doing. But mm-hmm. They're not aware of this, and I look at that as a big part of this, that there are tons of moviegoers out there that maybe are casually familiar with what's going on behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. but really they just want to see this movie. This is a a movie that people want to see opening night, opening weekend with their friends, get the hype, get the surrounds. uh, It's been surrounded by these people. And also, thankfully, we have Infinity War that came before it, I think, that's what really helped the numbers of Black Panther, and I think this helps as well with Endgame. Yeah. All of this is tying together with this culmination of what the MCU has been doing for so many years, is that this is all just butter now. Everything is just working yeah. in the favor of this movie, all these movies under the MCU banner, um, because they've, they've spent the time introducing every single hero in a way that audiences are liking yeah and the numbers show it yeah well you look at look at, I, I gotta give credit to scott mendelson at forbes he broke down all the box office records that captain marvel broke or almost broke it's pretty incredible biggest opening weekend for a movie starring a cat that's the number one thing i'm sure Perry <laughs> there would it is that. biggest worldwide debut for a female fronted film biggest overseas debut for a female-led movie biggest domestic debut for a female-led comic book superhero movie biggest opening weekend for a female directed feature biggest imax global launching for a non-sequel fourth biggest or third biggest domestic debut for non-sequel, fourth biggest pre-summer debut ever. All these things are just the fourth biggest superhero launch ever in China, sixth biggest uh, domestic debut for a female-led movie, ninth biggest comic book superhero debut of all time. It's just incredible all these things that it came with. And you know, if anybody knows about all the belts and all the records, it's me. It's pretty incredible (laughs) to see what Captain Marvel was able to do with this. Haley, does the MCU now breathe a sigh of relief? Does Feige and all them? I mean, I'm sure they accomplished in the movie, but do they now go, okay, now our plans for Phase 4 are still in motion, we're all good to go? Because if maybe these critics or the di- the people who were uh, trying to troll this thing had really sunk it and had messed it, like what happened with Last Jedi, do you think that would have adjusted a lot of the plans going forward? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe. Okay. I don't think maybe quite as much because Guardians is kind of tabled for the moment. Right. Uh, but... I definitely think there's a lot of relief going on that people love Tom Holland's Spider-Man. They love Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. Mm. They love Brie Larson's Carol Danvers. That there, that's three solid figures that you can lead into a new phase with, knowing that we're probably going to lose some of the stars in Endgame or maybe just have them pop up in, you know, like Nick Fury-type roles Mm -hmm. down the line. Mm. I I really like something you pointed out, Riley, and I think it, it... is so smart. Marvel has been so smart, and it's sort of just another demonstration of why they're the best at this right now. Uh, this being making a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did very just the perfect job of building into Infinity War the need to see Black Panther because mm-hmm. we knew that a big part of that was going to take place in Wakanda from the trailers and everything. So, you, not to diminish the credits of what that film achieved on its own, but that's certainly a boost. Similarly here, by putting that post-credit stinger on the Mm. end, we now know that we probably need to see Captain Marvel before we see Endgame. And they're just, they're the... 
fast up getting your money, man. Yeah, it's really smart. You know, you could look at it maybe in a, in a, in a vacuum and be like, well, what can we take from this? Because it wasn't released as a separate standalone vacuum movie. And, and by that, I mean it wasn't connected to anything else. No, this was released this way, connected like Black Panther was. So Marvel knows what it's doing. It's smart in its approach. And so in the long run, does this bode well for other origin movies? They may be coming here in Phase 4 with X-Men, with Fantastic Four, and other characters. Who knows what they've got cooked up yet uh, coming down the road. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, Eternals. I yeah. think it looks good for Eternals mm-hmm. because... That's a little bit of the cosmic side. And then um, I wonder if they could – we were talking about Eternals, I think, on a movie talk a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah. I wonder if they could tie that into the X-Men somehow because I know that that was uh, one of the things in the description of the Eternals being like celestials kind of planted here on Earth like thousands, millions of years ago. I wonder if that would and, – and again, the comic book sweaties, you can correct me. I don't, I'm not up on my <laughs> Eternals uh, comic books, but – I'm looking for a way to reboot the X-Men right now mm-hmm. because that's going to – right? It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It has to. Um, Fantastic Four is right. a great one. I've heard rumors, rumblings, Silver Surfer. Like how are they going to do this? I mean Captain Marvel I thought was a, a good bridge between the cosmic and the Earth. Right. And so cosmic seems to be working in the MCU mm-hmm. obviously with Guardians and now this. So – what can we see? What other characters are out there? Because and then what is it going to bode for? I I got to see Endgame. Yeah, you know, because then we could kind of get an idea. Yes, Haley pointed out rightfully so. We got a Doctor Strange two coming sooner or later. I think that was finally announced. That Scott Derrickson is back, mm-hmm. but we know that Tom Holland will be back as Spider Man in Far From Home. Black Panther we know is gonna, we're going to get another one. Yeah. What about uh, another the, character out there? Or well, the what, Black Widow movie is coming. Black as Widow well. yeah, movie. What about bike. if if uh, if we do say lose Cap? Are we going to mm-hmm. get Bucky picking up the mantle? Move forward in that Captain America. Right, are we going right. to get Falcon picking up the mantle like he did in the comics? Move forward in that one. Mm-hmm. Where is Iron Man? Is he going to hand it off like he did in the comic books? Are we going to get a different Iron Man that can keep that franchise going? Yeah. There's so many options they could do. I think what Marvel knows that they have going for them is Marvel. Yep. Mm -hmm. That brand. It was proven with Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. And now just slap that on there. Give us an Eternals. Give us new characters. And I think we'll see very similar results. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the thing that's exciting me about going forward. And Marvel or DC, it seems like, (laughs) you know, with DC, with what you've got coming out of Aquaman and with what the reviews have been for Shazam, all positive stuff. Then you've got on this other side, you see that, you know what? Marvel can get along just fine if they were to jettison the original Marvel. Marvel Avengers, yeah. they would move just fine into a phase four and figure it out because obviously they have the formula here that people enjoy coming to see these origin movies, introduce new characters, and they can take them forward into the future. Yeah, get get all those new characters, right? And yeah. then as we get through phase four, we get another, maybe another um, Captain Marvel, a Black Panther 2, a Doctor Strange 2, a, a, another Spider-Man movie, and then boom. New Avengers. Yeah, right. There's your culmination, yep. and you're off and running. Exactly. Then we get Baby Avengers, Teen Baby Avengers, Avengers, Young Avengers, Young like Avengers, Muppet Baby, we had Muppet, Muppet Baby Avengers. Muppet Avengers. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. I would do. Uh, before we wrap up on a box office, I want to ask you guys, is there one film that stood out for you that you were happy did well or maybe surprised didn't do well this weekend? Uh, anybody? I mean, I'm so glad How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World, is still up there, yep. taking the number two spot, 14.7 mm-hmm. million. What's the, the domestic total? 119 on? million. 119 million yep. is not too, uh, not too shabby, mm-hmm. I know. Um, I love that, that series so much, mm-hmm. but I think it was really tied off with a nice bow on this. I don't I say more than that. Um, but that, that continues because I think it's such a good movie. And to think about that as a trilogy yeah. and everybody involved, it's my favorite DreamWorks uh, ever movie in that. Like, cause, uh, How to Train Your Dragon really stayed away from like, a lot of pop culture references. Mm. Like Shrek was filtered with them. And I, and I like it. That's the whole point. But this is a movie that the, the, all three really stands on its own. So I, I, I'm glad it's still in there. And I hope people... Don't get clouded by that. There's only Captain Marvel out there. Right. No, I, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend doing it and support those filmmakers because they're, they put their blood, sweat, and tears in this movie, and it shows. Yeah, $14.7 million over the weekend. What about you, Haley? Can I copy his homework? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's fine if you want <laughs> yeah, to. I agree with everything he just yeah. said. And, uh, <laughs> and, of course, I don't, I don't think it, it had, like, the biggest amount of numbers because it's still at very few theaters. But mm. go see Climax if you like weird horror dance movies. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw my, ring, uh, my hat in the ring for Apollo 11. I watched that yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, girl, good. the girlfriend kicked me out of the house because she wanted to clean up and didn't want me around because there was a distractor. So <laughs> Get used to it, yeah, I know. <laughs> First experience with that, very interesting. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go see a movie. Yeah. And uh, I went to go, and Apollo 11 got to see it on IMAX. It is absolutely incredible. And even if you don't see it on IMAX, I think it's still an incredible documentary. No narration. It's all just actual audio, actual uh, uh, people talking that they have footage from that entire situation of Apollo 11. Fantastic. Shout out to Neon Pictures for distributing that thing. Thank you for giving me a nice Sunday afternoon to watch a movie like that. So uh, it broke in the top 10. It's made a three over three million dollars a million how much it made over the weekend uh 1.3 million dollars not too bad for a documentary about the space program from like the 60s so uh, pretty incredible stuff all right let's move on to our next story uh if i can find it here all right yes this is the trailer the red band trailer was released for the film book smart uh perry did a review of this uh from south by southwest which you can see on collider video as well they released the red band trailer this is directed by actress olivia wilde one of my favorite actresses you guys know her from numerous things tv and film uh really interesting to see her directing this film it tells the story of two high school best friends played by beanie feldstein who you remember from Lady Bird, and caitlin deaver from short term 12 and it chronicles the bonds we create that last a lifetime uh this has been getting so much buzz since it debuted Haley, you got your finger on the pulse of the south by southwest stuff because what? i'm sure you're seeing it on the dot com site all over the place yeah. people's reviews but you also you must have been seeing the reviews for this as well what did you think of the trailer i think it's great it looks like so much fun yeah had me giggling and it does I, there's something very relatable about it in the the sense of humor did remind me very much of how me and my friends would joke when we were teenagers mm. just of course gross teenager humor that uh you know not to say the cliche thing but like generally women in comedies haven't got to play that hard in the gross area mm. especially teenage comedies you know Bridesmaids and things like that mm-hmm. came and broke down those doors a few years ago, but seeing it move into teen comedy is pretty cool, and that it looks like beautiful, like a beautiful friendship story, and yeah. actually looks visually quite beautiful too. I'm I'm impressed all around. I love Olivia Wilde. I know she's directed a couple music videos, mm. but I I didn't 
didn't necessarily know she had aspirations to be like a feature director. And yeah. I'm very excited about this. And maybe be, maybe Beanie Feldstein is the is the uh, gold oh, there so because like you know she did that for Lady Bird and look what the Greta, Greta yeah. Gerwig's responses that she got for her direction and that I'm ex- this trailer had me laughing my butt off and enjoying it. I know people have made comparisons super bad. This feels completely different to a degree uh, from that movie. This is more and and you know I'm a guy at my age watching that and enjoying it, immediately wanting to go to a theater and see that because of the chemistry between the two main girls and the way it's done with the slow motion. And there's the little animated thing in the middle there with these or stop motion thing. Mm. And you're just like, what's this all about? So there's so much about this to enjoy and the way they're dealing with it. And, you know, they're not the stereotypical nerds. They're going to party just to see what it's like. They're not going to party to be cool. They're going to party to see what it's like because they did what they had to do to get ahead because they're smart. And then seeing all these great al- comedy alumnus in Elisa Kudrow uh, 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 Sedaris and uh, who's ah, I forget the guy's name who plays the dad. I always forget his name. Also uh, Will Forte. SNL. Will Forte. Yeah, yeah. off of SNL as well. Uh, what did you think of the trailer, Riley? Uh, I love the trailer. Yeah. I, I didn't see Super Bad in there at all. Great. Yeah, Good I point. didn't. I mean, it's like I think you see Super Bad by the the logline. You know, you, right. you hear about it, but. Um, I, I'm going to copy off your notes now. I, <laughs> Great. Exactly. I mean, the way it was shot, the humor in it, um, the idea that they are going to, like, we want to check this out, not just because we're the cool kids, but they're, yeah. like, almost, like, you know, analytically thinking about it. But really, the stand-up for me was Olivia Wilde. I was mm. shocked that she's directing this thing um, because, for whatever reason, I missed that until I looked at this trailer. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And it looks like there's a lot of heart within mm-hmm. this thing that I feel like it's a very special movie, and this trailer shows it. Yeah, you know, you wonder when an actress like or actor kind of gets some notoriety, gets some fame, and then they kind of go away for a little. You're like, what happened? Where have they been? Well, this is what she's been doing, working on this kind of stuff, exploring another avenue, you know, as a female director, to find her voice in there. And certainly... I now want to hang out with Lily Wilde even more if this yeah. is her voice because yeah. I'd love to hear this kind of stuff. And, you know, you go from Joan Rivers to, like, Sarah Silverman to uh, Broad City to Bridesmaids. All this, this is all the change in the female comedy now. It is more like we're going to get to exist here, uh, uh, train wreck. We're going to get to exist here in the gross place, in the honest place, in the brutally honest place at times. And I like that. And there's a sweetness to this trailer yeah. as well, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I think that... Sort of, you know, I understand, like, the more reductive stance on it that that sounds, like, super bad. But it is. It's like you said. It's the logline. And there there are hundreds, literal hundreds of one crazy night loglines out there. Right, Mm -hmm. right. But what makes, I think... What makes people go to Superbad and have that stick out in their mind is because the characters are so wonderful. Yeah, and right. I get that from this trailer, too. Like, I instantly want to hang out and spend my hour and a half or whatever with these two girls. I right. like these characters so much. It is partly Beanie Feldstein. She's so wonderful. I just watched and put up a review for the new um, What We Do in the Shadows series. Oh, is she oh. in that? She has a small part oh, in it, oh, and I'm nice. very excited to see what they do with her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she's such a talent. But yeah, I think yeah. it comes down to the characters, and there is a sweetness to it, because the film, as Superbad did, seems to have a lot of affection for its characters. Yeah. And I think that makes a huge difference in these like big party teenage movies. Some filmmakers almost treat their teenagers with contempt, which makes yeah. the audience dislike them. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that this one just has a lot of love in it. Agreed. Agreed. I'm Agreed. looking forward to it. And I like that they're not like Superbad. Once again, they're not nerdy guys trying to be cool. These are already cool people in what they've done. They just want to see what this parting is like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like me in high school. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Napa know-how. 
This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey guys, Riley here. Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans or jump into Doom Patrol, DC's most beloved team of super freaky superheroes featuring an incredible cast of Jovian Wade, Diane Guerrero, April Bowlby, Alan Tudyk, Matt Bomer, and Brendan Fraser with new episodes dropping weekly. Or get your comic book fix with thousands of new comic titles just added to an already impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman Secret Origin, Batman 2011, and Harley Quinn 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love like Batman, Batman Returns, and the original Superman movie. If animated films are more your speed, join now because the new Justice League vs. The Fatal Five is coming soon. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices. So if you were thinking about it before, now is definitely the time. Join and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Uh, let's move on uh, to talk about the other program we have here, not just uh, Movie Talk, which you're watching live. We have a lot of coverage coming out of South by Southwest. And as I mentioned, the review of Booksmart by Paris. She also reviewed Jordan Peele's new one, us and that's getting a lot of i've seen already a lot of tweets about that film people talking about how they have to watch it again to really process it and other people saying it's one of the greatest things they've ever seen and pushes it actually destroys the like just pushes the envelope completely probably sets it on fire for the horror genre and that excites me on on so many levels uh, and we dropped a new sports time today earlier today i hosted with josh Bakuga and mark fernandez joined us to talk about the antonio brown trade the lakers the yeah. warriors and this and we all and we were trying to talk 
talk about uh, uh, all these other trades going on in the NFL. I think we covered everything. Come on, go and watch that on the Collider Sports YouTube or listen to it on the podcast feed as well. And a new Collider Live is up, and the boy, everybody in the gang talked about Captain Marvel, talked about the Shazam reactions, and, of course, Roxy got lost again, coming to the office. So go and listen to them. There's always a good time on Collider Live. All right, let's I don't know what on. to do with that poor Roxy. i got to help her out, it. I think. I don't get it. It's phenomenal to yeah. me. Once I go to a place three or four times, I know where I'm going at that point. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ben Affleck uh, is the, uh, up next. Uh, and this is a story that I had to put in here because I want to talk about this because it got me excited. Um, he was give, doing an interview with LAD Bible, and uh, he was asked about everything that went on with Batman and the possibility that he, he could actually come back and direct a movie. Because remember, he was going to direct uh, Batman originally, then it was moved off. Now Matt Reeves is taking it over it. And uh, the, he was asked about this, and he said... I quote, I imagine it would be weird to step in and do another character. I can certainly imagine directing a movie, you know, if they, DC, would have me, if it was something I was passionate about. It's not about, like, kind of closing doors on stuff. I just couldn't figure out how I wanted to do that one, the next Batman film. So it became time to let someone else take a crack at it. Of course, he's promoting Triple Frontier, which is dropping on Netflix in a couple of days. Uh, Riley, you hear this from Ben Affleck. Does this excite you in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, it excites me just that, at least on paper, yeah. at least in the press, Ben Affleck is open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what he's saying. If I can take it at all face uh, value here, uh, that would excite me like none other to have Ben Affleck direct a movie in the DC Universe. Now, of course, the question is, what character? Because mm-hmm. he was going to do the Batman. Matt Reeves is stepping in. I don't know. Is it outside the realm of thinking that we get a Batman movie by Matt Reeves? It crushes. It's great. And then Matt Reeves like, oh, you know, I'm going to go do this movie. And Ben Affleck comes back and directs the sequel. Mm. I could see that as a possibility. But of course I want him to direct Man of Steel 2. <laughs> because where is my Man of Steel 2, Warner Brothers? I know you've been dragging your feet. You now have a man here that directed one of my favorite movies, The Town. Yeah. A fantastic movie. Argo, of course, is a great movie. But this man can direct. And what I'm saying is, Warner Brothers, is that wouldn't it be interesting to get a man like Ben Affleck who understands the characters. He actually acted alongside Henry Cavill. Are you going to worry about that contract? I'm wondering if you're looking at Henry Cavill. Wouldn't it be interesting, let's say, that Ben Affleck comes in and goes, you know what, I have a great idea. And it involves Superman. And I say, go, son. Direct Man of Steel 2. That's my pick. That's what would get me excited. I know a lot of you out there right now are saying, I'm with you, Riley. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Well, Come on, Ben Affleck. Oh, well, they took me to church. He just took me to church, <laughs> Riley. All right. I want my Man of Steel too, and I want Ben Affleck directing it. My God, wouldn't that be great? Someone turn that into an EDM mix, please. <laughs> um, uh, Haley, you look at this and you go, uh, is, is there room for him to come back into this situation? I mean, because it seemed like he left on somewhat amicable terms. They dragged it out for a bit, and now he's gone. Do you think it would be weird for him to come back and direct? No, I don't know. I'm okay. I'm not as enthusiastic as Riley, although that that really was lovely. It boosted my spirits. It's been quite a Monday. Yeah, well, um, you know, you got to ch- you know turn it. that Monday frown upside down. You did you know it. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I want I, some of he's having. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I I wish that like 
he had an opportunity to do more with the character mm. than he was ultimately given time to mm-hmm. because I, I did really like his take on it and I would have liked to have seen that. That said, it feels of the past to me now. This all feels sort of of the past and I I tend to prefer the direction they seem to be steering the ship right now. Mm-hmm. Which isn't to say he couldn't be a part of that direction, as a, especially as a filmmaker. Right. Um, I don't think it would be weird for him to return because he has such a long uh, and very proud history with Warner Brothers working there. So mm-hmm. I definitely could see more collaborations between them. I just feel that for the DC Universe on film... Maybe let's let that lie for a minute and see what they got going on right now, which mm-hmm. seems so far to be pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good point you bring up. This is almost like your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend going to work for your dad. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, I thought we, bro- we broke up. I thought it was over. Like, you know, it was cool. Like, it was ended. It ended. It was fine. Like, I, we still respect each other. I kind of don't want to see you at my dad's job all the time. You know, it's kind of weird. Uh, so you look at this and you wonder if this. Uh, yes, half of me is super excited. Would be interesting because I immediately thought... Matt Damon, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, directed by Ben Affleck. Ooh, and I was like, oh. wouldn't that be interesting? That's the way you go through. We push away the Tom Cruise possibility to bring in Matt Damon. He can play a cocky pilot like Hal Jordan. Not a problem for him. And have Ben direct it. It would be incredible. And mm. so you'd find a way into the DC universe. But I wonder how Ben would actually feel about it seeing someone else like just wearing the cowl and just being around that kind. I wonder how that would work on him overall. That yeah. being said, though, I, I would love to see it. I just I think we have to wait a long time before we see something like this, right? We'd have to like let the taste kind of wash out of our mouths of what happened here and move on. Because obviously he was beloved by a lot of people as Batman, and he didn't get a fair shake in the long run. But, you know, things ended the way they ended. And I think Haley makes a great point. DC's kind of moving on in a different way. And maybe going back to the past ain't necessarily what they want to do. Because no one's going like, when's Zack Snyder coming back to direct a DC film? The same. That's not going to happen. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to see people connected to that maybe coming back. All right, let's move on to the Marvel side of things. uh, Kind of. And that's Tom Holland. He is apparently going to star in the new Russo Brothers movie. It's called Cherry. It's a, a true-life adaptation of author Nico Walker's semi-autobiographical novel of the same name. It tells of an Iraq War veteran who comes home only to struggle with PTSD and opioid addiction. Mm. In order to fund his addiction, he begins robbing banks. Though the narrator and protagonist of the story are unnamed, the events are heavily based on Walker's own experiences. He's currently behind bars and has been since 2013, but is scheduled to be released in 2020, maybe just in time to see the movie. Mm. Uh, (laughs) It'll be the brothers' first feature film after the Captain America and Avengers franchises, uh, and they acquired the rights of Chariot for $1 million. $1 million dollars the russos did it will be uh, directed from a script by jessica goldberg who's, who's done the path uh, that show that's on um amazon i think uh, or hulu and it's supposed to start shooting summer of 2020 okay riley tom holland yeah. the rooster brothers combo something called cherry uh ptsd opioid addiction robbing banks thoughts uh hell yes on this movie <laughs> okay i no. i mean it, it, sure the 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 subject matter seems pretty heavy, mm. but I'm wondering, you know, how much are they going to go to the PTSD, the opioid? Because then you like, is this a straight drama? Is there going to be some comedy in it? Because we've seen the Russos tackle, obviously, all MCU movies, mm. and there's a lot of humor within those movies. And then Tom Holland is is I mean, he's cute as a button. <laughs> so what does he get like? He's going to what sounds like he's going to have to bulk up. 
it sounds like he's going to have to hit some some different um, kind of levels there of his acting. Mm-hmm. And for all of those reasons, I say, hell yes. This sounds like a movie just right for the Russos to not cleanse everything because I thought they've done wonderful work in the MCU. We all love it. But I think they want to stretch their legs now outside of this. Yeah. And maybe having Tom Holland come in is because they've worked with him. They know he can do it. He is a fantastic actor. Yeah. Everything about this sounds like a movie I want to see, and I love, and it gets me excited to know that the Russos really went after this, got this property, mm-hmm. and are going to do this as their next movie. It sounds fantastic. It sounds interesting. I'm not familiar with the book it's based on, mm-hmm. but based on everything I've read here, I'm very excited for this movie. Yeah, Hill, you look at this. Is this a nice palate cleanser, so to speak, for the Russo brothers coming out of these two Massive franchises are coming out of the MCU, rather, and stepping into this situation. Do you think this is like a member? And remember, the Russos did smaller films before they blew up. You know, did mm-hmm. Community, did it smaller yeah. stuff all around. Yeah. Does this feel like they're going back to their roots? And do you think this will have a more like a comedic bent on it, more of like a Wolf of Wall Street type of vibe to it? Mm. I don't know about going back to their roots. That still sounds like maybe a bigger movie with okay. a. It certainly sounds like opportunities for set pieces lie in wait in the yeah, whole bank sure. robbery thing and. Actually, the the vibe that they brought to community specifically, immediately my brain was like, yes, do that as a bank robbery, a mm. little bit funny. They uh, they do the, uh, were you a community Yeah, bank? of course. Yes. So they do the paintball episodes. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Lots of tension mixed into the comedy. Mm-hmm. Really great use of camera and space because they're all locked in these small rooms. That all to me, I was like, yes, bank robbery. Yes. <laughs> And I, I love I love young Mr. Holland. He's adorable. Yeah. Who doesn't like him? He's he uh, he has definitely done like straight up drama before, but we just it's, they're not in as popular films mm-hmm. as the uh, the Avengers films. So <laughs> it's a little less seen. I, I think he's completely capable. I can't wait to see what he does with it. I'm I'm all on board, just like Riley. I'm very hell yes to this movie mm-hmm. as soon as possible, please. And I think it's a nice. Um, it's it's a nice personal story. Not that hmm. the Avengers films aren't personal, but I mean, the last <laughs> one had like forty characters. So right. this is this is a nice chance for them to flex a different side of their filmmaking muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that about Tom Holland, Lost City of Z, in yes. the Heart of the Sea, a little more uh, darker films, How I Live Now, uh, Lock. Smaller roles, though. Smaller roles. Yep, smaller, smaller roles. Absolutely. Roles. So stepping mm-hmm. in the Impossible, which is what a lot of people mm-hmm. right. remember him from. Uh, if you haven't seen the Impossible, do yourself a favor. Oh. Put yourself through that trauma of watching that movie. Uh, yeah, so I like this too. I like this combo, and you know, they must have seen something in Holland doing, you know, in the other movies that he's done, and of course, doing the parts that he does with Spider-Man in, in their films that they thought he could take on a role like this. You know, opioid addiction and, and robbing banks and the PTSD and the war. All of this, seeing it through. You know, you don't always have to cast Jake Gyllenhaal in these type of movies. <laughs> right. Somebody else can bring a little semi-intensity to it. So I'm excited about it. Uh, all right. Well, something else I'm excited about is getting your questions. We're at that stage now where I talk to you straight into the camera and I say, send me your Twitter questions. Put the hashtag of Collider Movie Talk on there and I can uh, uh, pick them out and maybe get them answered by this incredibly esteemed panel that's joining me today. Uh, do that. All right. While you're doing that, let's talk about the next story. And that is uh, a, a Allison Brie and Dan Stevens combo 
starring in another actor going stepping uh, behind the camera, Dave Franco, doing a directorial debut with a film called The Rental. It's a horror from what uh, I'm, I'm looking here. It's a horror. It's a script he co-wrote with easy collaborator Joe Swanberg. The two of them will produce it. It's a character-driven horror thriller about two couples who rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway. Uh, and then... We don't know what happens. <laughs> so this is interesting. You know, Dave Franco and Alison Brie, I think, are married. So you bring her into the situation. She directed uh, a couple of episodes of Glow. So maybe there's something here like, oh. And, of course, her, his brother James has directed some things as well, most recently uh, The Disaster Artist. So you look at this, uh, Haley, um, you are the horror aficionado, the witching hour, and all of that. Do you like this combo of people? And Dan Stevens off The Visit, who I loved. Uh, if you haven't oh, seen The Visit. The Visit's fantastic. It's fantastic. Coming back into these horror roots now with Allison Brie and what have you. Yes, I like it very much. I like this whole cast. <laughs> it's a great cast. Uh, I saw the headlines today, and I was like, man, those are three people I want to hang out with. Mm. Like, I will, I will rent your rental with you guys. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I'm interested to see what kind of vibe it has because, well, Dan Stevens kind of is all over the place yes, with is. his roles. But I definitely don't look at Dave Franco and Alison Brie and associate, you know, horror thriller mm-hmm. with them. I'm curious to see who ends up being the fourth, you know, actor in this ensemble. Mm-hmm. And there was something in, in Jeff's write-up specifically. He mentioned, like, we don't know at this point if they rent it together right, or right. if maybe it's booked Two couples accidentally booked the same place at the same time mm-hmm. and refused to give it up. That reminds me of a film that came out last year called Timeshare that was about two families that ended up in the same timeshare at the same time. It was a sort of very strange horror thriller type thing. Wow. Um, I have no idea if this story is anything like that, <laughs> but it, it made me think of it, and that is certainly an opportunity rife for tensions. Right. So I'm excited to see their take on it. I like Joe Swanberg. Easy is a very underrated show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. He did Drinking Buddies with Olivia Wilde. Oh, there uh, it is. Yeah. There it is. Well, look at that. And the show comes full circle. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I'm, I'm all in. I'm very curious what a wonderful, exciting group of people. Yeah. They're shooting it in Oregon, Riley. This is scary. Uh, Oregon's scary. Now, Oregon is yeah. a scary, can be a very scary place. A lot of woods, a lot woods. of rain. Yeah. A lot of interesting folks. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Mandy was shot in Oregon, maybe. So this kind of scares me all over the place. What Does this uh, excite you, first of all, as a log line? And second of all, do you like that Dave Franco's kind of moving into this area. Remember, he was in Beale Street, if Beale Street could talk. We're moving away from, uh, what was the one he did with the, with the, uh, Franco, with, no, with uh, Zac Efron, the buddy college one. Oh, yeah, the, um, uh, I forget that neighbors? one. Neighbors? Neighbors, right. Yeah. Moving away from that kind of fair, which he kind of made his bones in, moving <laughs> into this area. What do you think about this? Yeah, I'm interested to see what he's going to do um, as a director, and I think it's very interesting. He's going to a horror. Uh, a lot of directors start with horror. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can go all the way back to Peter Jackson and um, you know look at Jordan Peele coming out with his first movie Get Out is a horror and sounds like he's you know captured some magic again with us so you know TBD on 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 Franco I don't know his directing but um, this is a classic horror kind of setup so you know whether or not these two couples come together on a rental and then they're like oh you know this is my place no it's my place and then they have to deal with it and then something happens whether it's supernatural whether it's home invasion um, or if there are couples that, you know, rent a house together. I've done that many times with my couple <laughs> friends. We get an Airbnb, and then I'm interested to know what 
you know, this is, like I said, classic horror. One location. Um, is it in the middle of the woods? Are we getting, is it, for me as a horror lover, I want to know a little bit more to get me more excited because right now all horror is, you could classify this log line as being like, sounds pretty standard for a horror movie. It's the characters are going to get me to care. And what is the actual concept? Is it home invasion? Is it Friday the 13th remake and we don't know it? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, supernatural? Is it alien abduction? Who knows? But I like everybody involved with this. Uh, Dan Stevens is one of my favorite. It was the, the guest, not the, uh, the, oh, the invitation. Guest, right, yeah, right, yeah, I know. I jumped that. on there. I know what yep, you meant. Yep. He's fantastic in that. Yeah. So I wonder if we're going to get like some, some of that action as he... Is one of the couples like this was by design and they're going to like subvert the other couple yep. and torture them, do whatever. Who knows? But it's a horror movie. I'm in. I love all the cast. And uh, Franco, hey, let's see what you got, man. Yeah. Yeah. I put it on the table. Let's see what you got. I'm excited about it, too. Obviously, James will probably be there as a consultant. You know, whatever your feelings are about James, at least he can uh, certainly consult on, on this film with Dave and Allison, obviously already having shot something. So I'm yeah. sure it's great to have a, uh, a wife who's there with you to go like, babe, this is the setup show. It's, well, what do you think of the shots? What do you think of how I'm doing? Help me. I can't figure this out. You know, it's always great to have that. So this is exciting. I'll see how it all plays out, but I'm excited about it. Um, and kudos to Dave Franco and Olivia Wilde. Uh, you know, all these actors turning directors, it's happening. It's um, happening. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca. Once again, Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by the DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com to stream the original series, Doom Patrol, with new episodes dropping weekly. For those not familiar with Doom Patrol, they're one of the most beloved and bizarre superhero crews out there. With each member having suffered a previous horrific injury that now gives them unique superpowers, they've united as a squad of super freaks to fight for a world that, ironically, wants nothing to do with them. The star-studded cast is led by Jovian Wade as Cyborg, Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane, April Balby as Elastigirl, Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody, with Matt Bomber as Negative Man, and Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. Enjoy Doom Patrol as well as other original series, thousands of added comics, animated films, and classic DC movies on the ultimate DC platform, DC Universe. Available on your favorite devices. Join today and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. I'm I'm down for it. I'm waiting for Mark Riley uh, to direct his uh, Superman two pitch. <laughs> it's a, his Man of Steel two pitch. I tried directing a short once. It was a it was a god awful mess. I'm going to be sticking to writing and producing. It's a god awful mess. <laughs> god awful. <laughs> All right, let's jump into your questions. And of course, we really appreciate it when you do. Remember to include that hashtag Collider Mail uh, Movie Talk. Rather, it helps me to find it so much more easier. Uh, let's start out with one that I kind of find interesting. Uh, Satyendra and Banerjee at it's at S-N-D-O-N-L-B. I'm not going to try to read that. Uh, if Catwoman appears in the new Matt Reeves Batman movie, who would you like to see portray her? I personally would like to see Emmy Rossum take on the role. Ooh. Out of uh, Shameless. I hope oh, we did just film their last scene, I think, over the weekend. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you have a Catwoman in mind? Oh, God. It's tough. It's like, I feel like the people I would choose are already playing superheroes. I know. Uh-huh. I know. Okay. Like Tessa Thompson would be amazing. Oh man, but Tessa would be great. Busy. Tessa, <laughs> especially with the Eartha Kit kind of connection yeah. there. I love Tessa Thompson. Yeah. It'd be so good. That I want. I'm stealing your homework again. <laughs> now I know she's Valkyrie, but that yeah. that's the most inspired cast. Like I could just picture it. Maybe it's because I just finally saw Creed two, and she yeah. was fantastic oh, yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see her get. Um, you know, yeah, I want more Valkyrie. I was like, that's one of the things. It's like. 
when Infinity War came and went. And I'm like, yo, where's Valkyrie? Right. <laughs> What's happened? Did she get on a spaceship and she's going to come back for Avengers Endgame? So maybe, you know, a lot of actors have been doing the dual Marvel DC, so never say never. But mm-hmm. that, that's inspired. I like Tessa Thompson. Uh, real shout out to, I want to give a shout out to Drew Cook NZ, who says Ben Affleck has already worn Superman's cape in Hollywood. Like. Yes, Very he sure true. has. He would have a nice kind of approach to it if he was to do a Man of Steel 2. Yep. I like that. Give you a shout out there. Um, who would I want to see? Emily Blunt. I, Emily Blunt. Uh, She's she great. She is one of my favorite actions ever, and <laughs> I want her in a superhero movie. I really do. Enough already. That's a good one, too, because she was going to do Black Widow. Right. And then, unfortunately, the contract for Gulliver's Travel couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't get out of that one, so she missed it. By that much, so <laughs> I think she, I think she. Would you believe? I think she's a great choice as yeah. well. Yeah. I love her to pieces. It'd be incredible to see her a Catwoman, especially if they go with a younger Batman. An older Catwoman would be very oh. interesting. Ooh. I would like to see that dynamic on screen, which I don't think we've ever seen in the comics. All right, this is from our old friend Rocky Drago, R Drago sixty six. I like this question: What fictional African country would you rather live in for the rest of your life, Wakanda or Zamunda? From coming to America. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going Wakanda. Yeah, I'm going Wakanda. Easily. Why are you going Wakanda? Yeah, Yeah, well, I mean, they have the technology. Right. True. You know? And I I want to hang with Shuri, man. I just want to, you know, she's got it dialed in. I bet she knows a little secret areas to go and have fun and uh yeah wakanda they'll but, need some help cleaning up after all that infinity war nonsense yeah i'm oh. here to serve yeah, yeah. there it is yeah. although uh, zamunda is pretty i mean come on that's a lot of fun over there yeah yeah zamunda i i kind of like zamunda is uh, uh wakanda seems like yeah, that's a lot going on man a lot of stress <laughs> a lot of you know fights and tribes and all like i'm cool with zamunda it's just chill i get eddie well, uh, old school Eddie, not like you yeah. know, not like now school Eddie. Old school Eddie, I get a little James Earl Jones action. I kind of like that. That's true, but I'm assuming I'm a, a superhero if I'm staying at Wakanda. Well, so I that's guess. why I'm picking. Wakanda. Oh, okay, all right. So. Fair. Yeah, things so, seem to be really good for women in Wakanda too. That's so a fair I'm point. That's that a fair up. point. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to give Eddie credit, he went. He didn't go with the arranged marriage. He went to go find his wife. So Very he kind of sees the level there too. Is <laughs> equal level there. All right, let's move on to this next question. That's from Chris D'Onofrio at Future Boy Chris with a boy. Bohemian Rhapsody sequel now in talks. A sequel. Could the same audience embrace what's likely to be a less celebratory and more dramatic film? Yeah, because I imagine a sequel would have to pick off... Pick up... <laughs> after Bohemian, which is him dealing... Yeah, there's... It's, it's, or is it the producers wanting one and, that, and that's just... Maybe. I've seen it on a couple of news sites that it's All in right. talks, a sequel possibility here. I guess you'd have to pick up after Live Aid and deal with uh, Freddie Mercury's kind of like uh, battle with AIDS up until he passes away. Yeah. That seems very difficult to confront. I, I mean, it's it's what I wanted from the movie. Mm-hmm. Not not specifically his affliction with AIDS, but just a little deeper dive with Freddie Mercury. So yeah. if you're going to do a sequel, I would want to go all in. And uh, and give us and, and Rami Malek obviously won the Oscar, so for him to come back and do the last days of Freddie Mercury, yeah. I would say depending on the director, obviously it's not going to be uh, oh what's his face, it's um, <laughs> oh that guy, yeah oh that guy, yeah. Um, I think that what we're talking here is you know find a really good director. Um, you have the performance there. I would be actually open for that if they were going to do 
more of Freddie Mercury, really mm-hmm. focus on him, go deep, go find out, you know, and, and I wanted more about his relationships with people. And right. I, I wanted all of that. And, but we yeah. got that. And I, and, and I loved the last scene. I thought it was amazing, but I was really missing out on a little bit of the Freddie Mercury story. So if you're going to go all in and make a sequel, go all in. But I think because everything surrounding Bohemian Rhapsody, eh, I don't know if we're going to get that. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to explore because, one, you bring Remy Malik back. Does he want to come back? Yeah. First of all, I think you found a good director to step in for uh, that guy, Dexter Fletcher. Dexter Fletcher is also doing Rocket Man, which that new trailer dropped a couple weeks ago, which looks great. Um, would he be willing to come back to mine this territory and explore in a darker, a lot more darker themes or exploration of this? Might be interesting. You know, it reminds me of Angels in America. It might be those kind of fever dream type movie mm-hmm. where he's, as he's dealing with AIDS, having these kind of operatic things occurring in his head as he's confronting it. Could be a completely different sequel. I wonder if it would ever get a, a green light. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, one last question. I thought we'd end on a, on a lighter not note. A, not oh. a fan of that, by the way, okay. since I didn't talk. <laughs> okay. Not oh, a fan. Go, no, no. <laughs> no, no. You gave the face, so I thought <laughs> your face was everything. But no, please. No, uh, Tell me. I no, don't. No Sorry about that. You were just like, oh, boy. <laughs> I don't trust the the powers that be behind that film to do that story justice they obviously wanted the super clean version of the story yeah aids dying of aids is not a super clean thing and it right. shouldn't be treated that way with kids gloves it should be treated with the respect and heartbreak that it deserves uh were that to change maybe but definitely especially since one of my primary problems with Bohemian Rhapsody was how they treated yeah. AIDS mm. and his homosexuality or bisexuality, depending on what sources you read, I guess. Right. Um, <laughs> so, no, not with the team as it stands. That mm-hmm. would not, there's nothing satisfying to be found in there, I don't think, that's in any way honest to the true story or the experience that he went through. Mm. But were they to loosen up their, you know, heavy grip on this has to portray us in a very certain light and mm-hmm. be about Queen in a very specific way, then sure, Rami yeah. Malek could probably do a great job with it. Right, right. That's a fantastic point you bring up, Haley. Absolutely. Um, we'll see. Who yeah. knows? You know, the talks mean, could mean anything. So we'll see as yeah. it goes along. And you, yeah, you make a good point. Because this, uh, cause Bohemian Rhapsody is a two-hour music video. It's a lot of right. fun, it, but it yeah. has no weight to it. And yeah. this would have to have an incredible amount of weight to it. So mm-hmm. And a phenomenal script. All right, one last thing, because I want to end on a lighter note. As I was saying, Stephen Stills at Evil Genius. What's a movie that you can't explain why you like it? Not really guilty pleasure, but you just can't explain why you like the movie. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I will go first. Okay. At the risk of getting destroyed by the trolls even more so online, because I always get the Transformers hate from the fans. Like, oh, you, I can't take you seriously because you like Transformers. Um, I cannot explain, but I thoroughly love... A Million Ways to Die in the West. I cannot explain it. I I don't know why I love it. But every time I watch it, I laugh all through the movie. Uh, The flower in Liam Neeson's butt. I never thought I would see that in my entire life. (laughs) Charlize Theron is absolutely incredible in the film. Uh, Amanda Seyfried is funny. No, Patrick Harris is funny. And I'm not a big NPH fan. Uh, And Seth is good, too. And for whatever reason, the film that everybody hates, I thoroughly enjoy. It just makes me laugh. I get the Western jokes all through it. And for whatever reason, it just hits all the right buttons. And I respect everybody who hates it. 
I just like it. I mean, I think we can explain. You have an affinity for Westerns, yeah, and, and they're, they're poking fun at that. Fair. And uh, I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And um, I don't know why the first movie that went to my mind was Jaws 2. <laughs> <laughs> because that is definitely falls under guilty movie pleasure. <laughs> but I'll go more um, recent. Um, uh, the Predator. Uh-huh. The most recent one? Yeah. Wow. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Wow. And I can't yeah. explain why. Because I get all of the, the trouble right, with the criticisms, it. Right, yeah. Especially with that scene uh, in, in the hotel room. I'm like, what are you do- this is awful. You gotta <laughs> stop this. Oh, know? my God. When they show that at Hall H, I was like, what, what is are you happening? doing? Yeah. Uh, Shane Black. However, um, I, it, it just was kind of fun for me. And mm-hmm. I, I really I think it's the perfect uh, answer to the question. We watched it. I don't know why I liked it. I just walked out going, oh, yeah, yeah it was fine. It was fun. There's a lot of moments there that was like, great. I mean, yeah. that predator cut some boys apart. I mean, just, yeah, it was great. I was like, fine. It wasn't perfect. It right. wasn't like what I was hoping, but I think maybe it was a little bit of like, everybody's like, this is garbage. And then I, you know, of course, saw that scene and everyone like, Ooh. but then put it all together. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It right. was fun. Right. Yeah. Okay. Haley? I'm I'm right there with you. That's such a good nice. pick. I super, oh. super enjoyed that okay. silly, nice. silly movie. Yeah. Um, it's silly, all right. That that one I feel that I could try to explain why I like it. The one I truly have no explanation for is um the final nightmare, which is like the most oh, hated yeah. nightmare on Elm Street yeah. film, and I actually oh, think it's yeah. really fun. I don't know. I like Rachel. To, I think Rachel Talali or mm-hmm. Talali. I don't know how you say it, but sure. she did Tank Girl, and she's directed some TV. I really like her style. I find it really fun. And yes, it's it's terrible. I know that, and I don't know why I keep watching it. Yeah, this, but I do. That's why I like Friday Thirteenth Part Seven. Jason versus the psychic <laughs> who can throw TVs with her mind. Oh yeah, I have no idea. That's it's right. really not. I mean, it's like Friday Thirteenth. <laughs> I mean, Jason comes back to life in Part Six, and then he's taking on a Jedi in Part Seven. Yeah. And you're like, fine, works for me. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I like it. <laughs> all right, we've come to the end of the show. I think those are great answers. <laughs> Thank you for all your questions. Let me give you some plugs here before we wrap up. I think I messed up the order of that. All right, Collider Live is back tomorrow on yeah. Collider. More stuff. Riley producing that show. Harloff and the crew talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, there's a new Rule of Two episode, yes, tomorrow, Yeah, Riley? tomorrow, a new Rule of Two. Uh, it will be dropping, so nice. stay nice. tuned. We do not have a new witching hour tomorrow from what Haley's telling me. No, but we will have one later this week. Don't panic. There Everything's go. going to be fine. Yeah, put the axe back down. Everything's yes. going to be fine. Uh, Jack Hine and I are doing another Collider EPL, another episode of Collider EPL. That's the uh, We break down the English Premier League. Uh, and then there's a Raw recap with me and Ryan Satin breaking down WWE's Raw from tonight. And another episode of Movie Talk, of course, uh, Monday through Thursday. They'll be there tomorrow for you to enjoy. Thanks, everybody, for taking the time to watch us here on Collider Movie Talk. I want to thank my panelists for coming, Mark Riley, uh, the lovely Haley. Fouch and uh, uh, myself. I did the best I could. I uh, hope Perry isn't mad or throwing things at a computer as she's watching this thing. I'm sure I'll get a raft of notes from her about hosting oh, the please. show. There you go. You did great, John. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> and if you want to see me and Matt Notes do our thing on the Top 10 show live in Chicago April 11th, go to Reggie'sLive.com and find April 11th there on their calendar and find our show The Top 10. I know, you know, Ellis gets used to get to plug his things. I'm going to plug something. So there, come see us live if you want there in Chicago during Star Wars Celebration. All right, that That's it. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy yourself. Hope we brought a smile to your face. And we'll see you tomorrow on Collider Movie Talk.